Hey everyone, it's Harmon, and this is Comedy History 101, and we have a special episode for you today on the history of the failed Blazing Saddles sitcom. And before we launch into the episode, take time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101 wherever you get the podcast, or on our site, ComedyHistory101.com. And, without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Well, how long is the tryout? Tryout? Mm-hmm. Well, mister, you wouldn't want me to marry your daughter without going out with her a couple of times now, would you? <laughs> Try not to get the gun dirty, eh? I've got enough trouble trying to keep my horse clean. Come on. Don't step there, Whitey. Watch your feet. Oh, so what you heard there was an excerpt from the TV sitcom Black Bart, which was a spinoff of the iconic film Blazing Saddles. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. I am a lockdown quarantine Harmon Leon, and with me is a Berlin-based lockdown quarantined Scott Kalonik. Semi, 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 not, but not as bad as you guys. I'm actually, I think I'm going to go see a movie tonight. Tying into this, uh... In New York, they just banned having outdoor live comedy. Oh, Which what? was starting to be a thing. Oh, man. I think the theory there is laughter spreads germs, which brought me to uh, problem solve this. You know, I'm a problem solver. You know, just book shows with unfunny comedians. Okay, yeah, there you go. Problem yep, solved. Yep, Thank bad you. Bad comedy. So, Scott, when you hear the name Black Bart, in reference to a 1975 sitcom, what comes to mind? Um, a white horse named Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> and pre- okay, so there's two things on this. There's two things on this. Probably first, one of the most unfunniest um, spinoffs of a classic comedy movie in history. And second, just the weird-ass money wasting ways of a studio so that's two things that come into play so just to bring our listeners up to date in 1974 mel brooks along with richard Pryor, and there was a few other script writers wrote the script and produced the film blazing saddles he rode a blazing saddle a shining star his job to offer battle to bad men near and far how did that do scott in comedy history it did it did very well actually it was the the uh, studio executives thought it might it might tank um but it wound up being like one of the the top grossing films of the year it made over 100 million dollars so that those are 1974 dollars yeah, and it just goes beyond just uh, the farting bean scene. Uh, just a general um, plot of Blazing Saddles or just the motif was 
it was a takeoff on bigotry in the Old West. It was one of the motifs running through Blazing Saddles. And it starred, it originally was going to star Richard Pryor. And I think we talked about this on the history of Laugh Records. But uh, what happened to Richard Pryor not being in the lead of Blazing Saddles? They they couldn't get insurance for him. That's really, that's really the thing. He was kind of... Uh... He was doing a lot of drugs at the time, and that was the main problem was that they couldn't get insurance. Yeah, so he was replaced by Cleavon Little, who did did a great job, I would say, oh, yeah. in the original Blazing Sounds. Mm-hmm. So, so, Scott, let's pretend I'm an evil movie executive at Warner Brothers. <laughs> and you are Mel Brooks, and you just made a movie called Blazing Saddles. And it's made a heap of money, and it's become a cultural comedy landmark. What would I, as a studio executive, want to do? Well, you'd want to make some money off his movie by making a sequel, naturally. But if you were Mel Brooks, you had very, very good lawyers. And when you're drawing up the contract for Blazing Saddles, you would put in there that they could only make a sequel if they also developed a, a TV show for it as well. And it had to be done with, ah. within a couple years of uh, the contract. Oh, Scott, I'll, I'll, I'll even clarify that a bit further. It had to be done within six months of the film's release. So Mel Brooks thought, okay, that that settles that. Yeah. There's no way a movie studio is going to make a TV show based on my hit movie within six months. I could rest assured and go on to direct Young Frankenstein, safe in the knowledge that nothing will be done to tarnish my film, Blazing Saddles. Yes. Except, (laughs) (laughs) except Mel Brooks didn't put in, Mel Brooks's lawyer didn't put in the clause that uh, the sitcom had to air. Right. It just had to be made in the studio, just had to prove that they filmed a sitcom for the, for the sole purpose, not putting a sitcom on TV, just so they could extend the... Would it be extending the brand? No, I, I, I think... The blazing... I, the wheelhouse. I can... Well, wheelhouse? I think I remember the, the details. So basically, it was like the, the clause in the contract was that if the studio didn't make the the, the sitcom or, or the TV show, then the sequel rights would revert to, to Brooks, back to Brooks. So Brooks thought Mel Brooks thought he was in the clear, but wah ha ha! As we remember, I'm I'm the evil executive at Warner Brothers. So in 1974, Warner Brothers filmed a sitcom called Black Bart. That was the Cleveland Little character. Which okay, here's I okay. Let's extend the story of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> You remember the movie? We're going to extend the story. So here's something interesting. The the script that uh, the Black Bart was based off of was actually the original uh, concept script written by Andrew Bergman, who is one of the, the, he's listed as one of the writers of Blazing Saddles along with Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor. Yeah, actually, Bergman kind of went on to do. He's done a lot of stuff, like he, a lot of movies you'd heard of. Like he did, um, he did the In-Laws, like the original In-Laws, and then the, uh, you know, the sequel. Uh, Alan Arkin yeah. and uh, yeah. Jack. Oh yes, yeah. it? no, it's um, Peter Falk. 
Uh, he did. The, he did ah, that. Yeah. He did. Um, he did Fletch. Fletch is like one of my <laughs> top three Chevy Chase movies. Or <laughs> Fletch is one of the three Chevy Chase movies I can talk. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know which one or the other. Yeah. But Fletch is Fletch is pretty funny. Yeah. And, and who starred on Black Bart? Who took the Cleavon Little role? And who took the Gene Wilder? Well, the Cleavon Little role, I mean, yeah, the Cleavon Little role, Harmon, was taken by future Academy Award winner Louis Gossett Jr. You're already the highest paid black sheriff in the West. Milk face. I am the only black sheriff in the West. <laughs> On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Julio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals you can find every episode of the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or youtube did you find this out was this his like actual first uh tv screen appearance though it you know wasn't filmed for tv just filmed no nah, no he'd been doing oh wow yeah he goes all the way back to the 60s oh wow yeah. oh he was he was on the original bill cosby show the one like back in the back in 1970 oh wow was that a sitcom uh, i like think so yeah show? i don't know um We'll have to cover it. He was also on an episode of Bonanza and, and the Partridge Family. Really? How 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 was he on Bonanza? What is that? How do you say? <laughs> Bona- Bonanza. I like saying Bonanza. <laughs> well, I say tomatoes. You say tomatoes. Uh, the, no, this you say you say Bonanza. I say Bonanza. On the Bill Cosby Show, he is a, he is a, a gym teacher at an inner city Los Angeles high school. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> so also also interesting note: uh, his sidekick, who plays the panel imitation of Gene Wilder is portrayed by future Bernie Miller star Steve Landisberg. Yeah, also also a stand-up comedian. That's right. Yeah. That's right indeed. And who directed it was a man named Robert Butler, who, if you look at his IMDb page, went on to direct, like, tons of TV. Like, uh, I think his biggest thing was he directed, you know, a lot of episodes of Hill Street Blues. All right, yeah. Kind of an iconic show. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of that show. Once again, Lou Gossett Jr. played Black Bart, and Steve Landisberg played his drunken sidekick, a former Confederate officer named Reb Jordan. Now, what were you doing in that saloon? I was just having a steak sandwich. Look, I swear, I haven't had a drink in four and a half months. And here's, here's the sad thing about it, or not the sad thing about it, is... Everyone on there was like a pale imitation of the big iconic stars that were in Blazing Saddles. Like you get a pale imitation of the mayor who was played by Harvey Kordman in the original. You get a pale imitation of Madeline Kahn, like a uh, a saloon woman named Belle, who's, who's, who also plays an oversexed uh, German woman with a limp and an eye patch. Like the whole thing is like the the studio owned the rights to this, so why did they feel like they needed to change the character, the Gene Wilder's character's name? You know, because in the movie he was the Frisco Kid, and then here he's oh yeah he's Johnny Reb or whatever his name. It's like what what was what was the point to that? Oh, was was Gene Wilder's character actually the Frisco Kid? Yeah, was, because he actually went and did a movie called The Frisco Kid later. Oh, that's right. So was right. that a spinoff? That's right. 
Um, ooh, ah, so maybe maybe that was. Or no, he, no, he might have been the, he might have been the Waco kid. You you keep talking. Let, oh, let, right. let me fact check this. The Waco kid. Okay, that's that's let's go with that. So Scott, the CBS actually aired the pilot right. on April fourth, nineteen seventy five, and the episode can be found on Blazing Saddles thirtieth anniversary DVD. Not only that, but also on their Blu ray disc. As an extra. Very nice, yeah. Put put it in there. Did they just film the one episode? Well, Harmon, here's we. And that was it. Here's where it's like, all right, <laughs> we gave it a try. Here's where we tried to have it succeed. Here's where let's pack it all in. Some things have been lost to the sands of time. Now you know I like doing my research. So we've got a couple stories. So the first story that we're told is from Lewis Gossett Jr. himself, who said that he spent four years working on this show and that they produced four seasons, right? So that's that's one story that we have. But mm-hmm. we, none of these episodes have ever surfaced. And then we have another story of Mel Brooks, who before they aired the, the TV, he came to the studio and the studio guys took him into you know a screening room on the lot and showed him three episodes of the series. Can, can you imagine if you're no. Mel Brooks? No. You didn't want your you didn't no. want your, your 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 artistic vision to be tarnished, and they bring you into a screening room and show you three shitty episodes of this shitty, you know, ripoff spin-off. With a laugh Not with ripoff, a laugh track. Just, yeah, we forgot to mention <laughs> that. That 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 the show just imagine the movie Blazing Saddles with a laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> so Lou, Lou Gossett, um, he actually said, I think this was like quoted in maybe like his biography or something like that. It said on that video we watched, it said, for four years, I spent my winter on a soundstage being paid to be in a show that would never see the light of day. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that'd be something interesting to find out whether they actually did film all those episodes so here's something else uh, so the original pod teleplay was titled super dude yeah <laughs> oh that that yeah. would love it and it was uh it was written by michael ellis and frank shaw and again up for the part was also cleavon little and richard Pryor. and the plot the plot of the pilot which you can find bits and pieces online and like we said it's a dvd extra in the 30th anniversary of blazing saddles is how Black Bart got his gun. Yeah, that was mm, interesting. So let's let's sort of like go go through just some of the low points, what we call it, yeah. of, of the first episode. Yeah. So first of all, Blazing Saddles has great theme music. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. His job to offer battle to Bad men near and far. And the theme music to Black Bart kind of sounds like a 70s era private eye show. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing just looks weird in 70s and uh, done on a studio set. Yeah, and you know you're in trouble when, in the opening scene, the stagecoach pulls up into town and the wheel falls yeah, off that's and the... everyone falls out of the stagecoach. That, yeah, that is. To, to a laugh track. I know. <laughs> God. Okay, so this is like a network primetime yeah. 
TV show, and it did air. It did air. Yep, we've seen the TV listings. You 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 get the laugh track, sure. You get the the, the bad stock music. You also get the characters on primetime TV, and this is the seventies using the N word e- for 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 the sake of like canned laughter. So you get jokes like "You're the highest paid black sheriff in the West," and 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 you have Lou Gossett saying, "I'm the only black sheriff in the West," uh-huh. and then you have the uh, laugh track coming in, and like we said. Uh, Black Bart's horse is named Whitey, so you get some jokes off of that. Yep. You get some Native American stereotypes. So basically, uh, what was said about the show was because it was just made for the sole purpose of, you know, trying to get Mel Brooks out of his contract and find legal loopholes and, and try to, you know, crank out a series of Blazing Saddles movies was that they spent as little money as possible to create something that resembled a sitcom on the surface to hold up in a legal battle, but with no redeeming qualities. Yeah. Do you think that holds true? I think that is, that is a safe bet to say that, Harbin. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty, that's pretty evident. And like you said, yeah, it was, it was a legal clause. It was all they were doing. Yeah, so this sums it up best. So... Uh, like like Luke Gossett said, he spent every winter on a soundstage being paid to do a show that never saw the light of day. But by 1979, they figured out the market had changed and they weren't going to make any sequels. So we were canceled if a show that wasn't supposed to air can be canceled. <laughs> yes, indeed. Anything else you want to add to the legacy of Black Bart or, you know, spinoffs of popular iconic movies made into sitcoms uh, or anything else I might have left out? I would no I would just say Harmon like when you're when you write a clause in your contract so that you can keep hold on to the sequel rights make sure you know exactly what you're saying and plus you know and we'll do other episodes on this there have been so many iconic comedy movies that have been made into just let's make some money sitcoms and we'll do an episode on this there was like an animal house yeah, sitcom. I've seen it. I remember watching it. Yep. <laughs> and, and again, it's like when you bring something like Blazing Saddles or Animal House to primetime network TV, you have to, because the censors, just take out everything that made it the iconic film what it was. <laughs> Especially if it's an R-rated movie. Yep. So I think that concludes our history of Black Bart. The Blazing Saddles sitcom. And with that, do we plug away? Sure, Harmon, we can plug away. Um, let's see, the first thing, of course, is uh, Harmon and I co-wrote a movie that I directed that premiered on The New Yorker uh, last week about a friend of mine whose dad was an East German spy uh, during the Cold War and defected, leaving his family behind. So you can find that over on the New Yorker and their documentary sections. So that was very cool. And then always, um, Harm and I have another podcast, which is kind of on a little summer break right now, but we'll get back to it. It's called This is a President, uh, where we kind of look at presidents, past, present, future. Who, who, who knows what that even means? But uh, you can find uh, all those podcasts wherever you find your you can find all those episodes wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can also find um, on our YouTube channel, This is the President. So if you head over there, um, uh, have some fun, and listen to uh, a few presidents. We have some uh, good ones there. 
we're here. And thanks a lot for tuning in. And as always, you can find back episodes of Comedy History 101 on our website, ComedyHistory101.com. And please take time to comment, subscribe, and like to Comedy History 101 wherever you might get your podcasts, be it Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or some other places we're not quite sure of that it also airs. And thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.